You are listening to the Effective Data Scientist podcast with Alexander Schacht and Paolo Eusebi. Has it ever frustrated you to not understand enough of the statistics part of your job? Does it feel hard for you to convince others of your ideas? No judgment here. Through this show, You will understand statistics and how to implement it without having to study lots of stats books. You will also learn how to win others over for your ideas. This will make you not only more successful at work, but also more satisfied. Welcome to this episode where we are talking about linear regression. And an introduction to, to linear regression. Paula, when did you first came about linear regression in your life? Yeah, sure. So because it was during my first course in statistics uh, at university. So my first degree was in economics, but of course, statistics and quantitative methods played a big role in this uh, curriculum so some introduction into descriptive statistics and then uh, we jumped into linear uh, regression mm -hmm. and which i think was the first inferential engine we learned about yeah and yeah. i really like it at that yeah. time yeah It was similar for me. First, we learned about mean and standard deviation and things like that. And then, then the next hour in the lecture, we went to linear regression. It's a really, really powerful tool. And it's something that really everybody should know about. And there's a, but it's, you know, as powerful it is, as simple it is, um, you can make it actually quite quite complex. And even with the simple stuff, there is some of the things to take care of. Because on, in theory, lots of things look really, really easy. But here we'll also talk about the practical aspects and what actually can go wrong. So, uh, Paolo, do you know where linear regression has been used or where it's coming from? Oh, yeah, I, I think it was mainly everything started uh, in the 19th century with Legendre and Gauss, you know, mm -hmm. these big people, you know, discovering new ideas, proposing new methods in this challenging uh, time without software and <laughs> other stuff. Galton, I think, did some regression uh, analysis proposing uh, some inference on the height of the children as compared to the height of the parents. Mm -hmm. And this where the regression comes from, the, the word regression, because Galton discovered the nice thing that, you know, you have some correlation, let's say, between the age of the children and the age of the parents. But this correlation is not perfect because we have this regression to the mean 
effect. Mm -hmm. at, at that time, Galton called regression to mediocrity <laughs> in the sense that um, what Carl Dodno was uh, a not duck for that uh, time. He worked at different uh, areas. Maybe not all the work from Galton was 100% valuable because he proposed also something about uh, eugenetics and eugenics and stuff like that. But I think that uh, he did a lot for regression. Yeah. And he gave also the name to this uh, model. And basically, it's a, the model for predicting, describing what we have in one variable, having some information in other variables. Yeah, yeah. So here it's kind of pretty clear, you know, the hate of the parents influences the hate of the children and not the other around. But very often it's, it's actually not that clear in terms of what is driving what. Yeah, so there you need to have a little bit more of a, of a business understanding to really make sure, okay, what is driving what? Who, what is your outcome parameter that, that you're really interested in? And so that is something to have, have a little bit of, of thought about. Then it's now the other thing, it's called linear regression. And I think when we think about linear regression, yeah, we, we think about this scatter plot where we have, you know, the two variables that we are talking about as vertical and horizontal axes. And then we have these dots for that represent all the different the samples that we have, yeah, the, the data that we have. And there is this line through it yeah, that, that describes the linear regression. And now, but, but what, does, what does linear means in terms of mathematical words, actually? It's the relationship between the covariate predictor independent variable and the outcome, which is our Y. So if we have um, many variables or if we have a single variable, the effects of these variables on the Y can be described as a sum of different effects. Yeah, yeah. And it's linear because uh, it's linear in its parameters. Yeah. So yeah. that is, I think, the, the very important point. It's, it's linear in the, in the parameters. So if you think of y equals mu plus beta x, yeah, and, and y and x are your different variables that you're interested in, then it's, in, it's linear in mu and beta. So mu being your intercept and beta being your regression slope. It's, it's, it's not about that the x is linear because you could also have something like x square or a square root of x or log x or something like this. You would still call it a linear model yeah, because uh, it's, it's linear in the parameters. So I think that is something to, to have in mind. What, what wouldn't be a linear model, for example, would if it, you would have mu plus beta square times x, yeah? Then yeah. it's not, not linear anymore, yeah? So, 
something to have in mind. Let's talk about the interpretation of these parameters. So you have mu and beta. How can you best kind of describe these parameters? Mainly, we can say that uh, mu is the intercept and beta is the regression slope. So if we consider just one variable on the right hand of the equation, we can see that uh, mu is what we have in general, considering or not considering the effect of x in our y. And uh, beta is the change in y when we have a unit change in the x. Yeah. So and it's quite simple to interpret. Yeah. And here's now, uh, it really depends on how you put your data into the model. Yeah. So, uh, for example, if um, let's take, you know, the, the hate yeah, uh, example again, you have uh, the head of the parents as uh, uh, covariate, yeah, the X here, and Y is the head of the children. Um, if you just, you know, add that in terms of centimeters, yeah, into, into your model, then Mu would give you um, the head of a children if the parents are zero centimeters high, which yeah. may not be that helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't you, make any sense yeah. for me. Yeah. So what you could do is um, instead of having the data, you know, being put into centimeters there, yeah, you could just, you know, subtract the mean height from all the patients. Yeah. Or, all the, or, the or, or, or maybe some, you know, Minimum value. Yeah. Or the minimum value. Yeah. Or the range. Yeah. And then if you if you you know take the minimum value, then then you know that okay, the mu is kind of the average height of the uh, children for the smallest parent that you have in your sample. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you subtract by the the average uh, height, then mu is the is the estimated height of the children given at the average height of the parents. Yeah. And so that is a, let's say, a very, very simple trick that you can use to make your parameters more interpretable. Yeah. The other thing is in terms of the better the, the regression coefficient that gives you the increase in terms of here the, the height of the children for a unit increase in the height of the uh, parents. Parents. So if you put it in centimeters in, yeah, and you have, let's say, um, uh, beta of 0.9, then you know, okay, for any increase in height, for one centimeter increase in height on the parents, the children increase their height by 0.9 centimeters. If you put in meters, yeah, then you get 0.009. 
yeah, hundreds of 0.009, yeah, yeah. Uh, only uh, 100, um, you know, the, the coefficient divided by 100, yeah, so, so it, it changes with the, with the scale that you put in. And that is really important to have in mind uh, if you want to have easy interpretable numbers, yeah? especially if you, you know, round things and things like this to display it in a table. I very, very often see that you know, people don't take meaningful units because it could be, you know, everything. Yeah? If, you, if you think about, let's say you have sales as a, um, uh, something in there in dollars, yeah? then you probably don't want to get it in terms of unit of $1 sales increase, yeah? But maybe you want to get it in units of 1 million sales increase or 10,000 sales increase or whatsoever, yeah? Have a look into this so that you, you know, the parameters actually make sense for you. And this is especially useful when you have um, more covariates in yeah. your model. And when you look at the table, maybe you have uh, some... Uh, parameters uh, in terms of, I don't know, maybe 20. Then uh, you have uh, the other parameter, which is 0 0.0003, stuff like that. So in general, knowing that you can transform your variable and subtracting, dividing, stuff like that, it can help in the overall interpretation of the model. And in general, we, we also... Um, have some help in the numerical stability of the modeling. So if your um, covariates are less or more in the same scale, let's say, the numerical stability of the fitting procedures are a bit better mm -hmm. and tend to be more stable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one thing to kind of really have a comparable understanding here is if you have a couple of different uh, covariates, yeah, and all are linear, what you could do is you, you know, normalize all of these, yeah, you first subtract the mean in all of them, and then you divide by the standard deviation of all of them, yeah, and then... For all of the parameters, yeah, you have an, uh, you measure your uh, mu at the average of, you know, all your covariates and every regression coefficient it corresponds to, you know, change in one standard deviation. Yeah. Yeah. Is. And that is maybe something you can, you can think about. And, and so therefore then you get somehow kind of more easy maybe to compare regression coefficients. Yeah, I think that's a statistical point of view, but, but yeah. Then of course it always depends on your sample. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Yeah, and depends maybe on the purpose. So maybe you can do both because yeah. you can have your coefficient which are interpretable and you can uh, sell your table to your stakeholder and uh, your stakeholders can easily interpret that uh, uh, if the uh, change in investment is this amount, then you have uh, this 
amount in uh, return. But then uh, you have also this other interpretation with the partial correlation coefficients, mm -hmm. you know, and then uh, you can compare the uh, parameters each other. So you, you, you can see what covariance is maybe more important in the model in terms of the strengths, strength of the association, because everything is normalized. Yeah. Basically. yeah. So in terms of strength of the impact, And, and the model itself, yeah. So, so linear regression is a model. And like Box once said, all models are wrong, but some are useful. It's really important to check how wrong your model is, yeah. So we, we often, often just assume that this model is linear, yeah. But very often people forget to actually check it. Yeah, so um, I always recommend that you have a scatter plot and you put your line through it to, to at least see whether there's, you know, anything going wrong there and when, whether this line really represents the data. So that's an important first step to have a look into. Yeah, this is an important first step. Then uh, we have uh, also a bit maybe some more advanced approaches mm -hmm. because this is quite useful if you have um, one covariate but maybe when uh, you have more covariates um, it becomes challenging to see the impact of one covariate on the y variable without considering the others because yeah uh, Everything uh, is uh, influenced uh, in this relationship also by other uh, covariates in your model. And we have um, this uh, graphical devices like the partial regression plots or partial residuals plot. When, mm -hmm. when you basically you can isolate your Y and your X um, without considering the influence of the other covariates. Yeah. So it's, um, it's something that uh, you can maybe check, but often, uh, you know, in your daily routine in terms of uh, modeling, the first plot you mentioned uh, is the basic standard and useful approach. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit further about this, this plot because you'll see a couple of things in there. And you just mentioned this, this word residual. Yeah. Residuals are basically the errors that you can't explain via this, your linear model. Yeah. So it basically is the difference between what you can explain through the mu plus beta x, yeah, and your y, yeah. So uh, let's say you have children again, yeah, a child again, and, and that is 1.8 meter high, yeah, and uh, based on your model, yeah, so mu plus beta x for, for, the, for, the, for the parent, yeah, um, based on that, you would get 1.85 meters, 
Yeah. So 1.8 is a, is a real measured height and 1.85 is what you calculate through the model. Then this, this difference in five centimeters, that is your, your residual. Yeah. And so you can see that in your scatter plot when you um, uh, look into the uh, difference on the, you know, vertically, the difference between the different points, uh, the different data points, and your linear regression line. These are residuals. And just as a side note, the linear regression is actually fitted so that the square of these residuals, the sum of the square of these residuals is minimal. That's why it's also called a smallest sum of square approach. So why squaring the residuals and not taking uh, just as they are? Oh, that, that is actually a very, very interesting thing. I actually had a couple of mathematical statistics course, oh, well, hours about that, that, you know, the square, you know, is really a very, very unstable thing, yeah? You know, instead of taking to the power of two, you take to the power of two plus minus a little bit, it already doesn't work anymore. There's something magical about this too, so to say, yeah? That makes all these different things work. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really, really interesting. And so um, if you really want to learn more about that, then, then dive into some mat mathematical statistics. And, and, yeah, and then uh, I think that maybe we don't care about uh, the sign of the residuals because it yeah. can be negative, it can be positive, but in the end, we are uh, mainly interested in the fact that uh, we have this magnitude of the residual, but yeah. yeah, which is uh, bad yeah, in general if uh, we have a, a large residuals and even if these residuals are changing, looking at different uh, dimensions. Because yeah. yeah. So what you're also basically minimizing here is that you're minimizing the, the variability of these residuals. Yeah. So if you think about the variance of the residuals themselves, they are minimal for this linear regression. So the mu and the beta are chosen in such a way that the variance of the residuals is minimal. And so uh, that's another aspect to have a look into. Yeah, and then uh, we have this uh, nice property that these least squares, these ordinary least squares estimates, because you, you get your beta and mu by minimizing the, the sum of the squares of these uh, residuals. And it's the best linear unbiased estimator we can get with any other yeah. approach. Yeah. And unbiased means that on average, you get what you want to get, so to say, yeah, in plain language. And the other thing is also these estimates that you get here, what your 
uh, Python or whatever kind of code puts you out there has some really, really nice features. They are actually normally distributed. And so they follow a normal distribution. And based on that, we can do all kind of interesting things with it. That is, you know, so much about a short introduction to uh, linear regression. We talked about where is it coming from? We had this really nice example with, uh, with the parents and, and the kids and that you can do lots of other things about it. We talked about, you know, the, the parameters, the mu and the beta and how it actually works. So I hope you liked this, this first episode. In the next episode, we will dive more deeper in, into linear regression because it's such an important topic uh, for data scientists and there's a lot of further things you can actually learn about. So if you enjoyed this episode, then listen to the next one and tell your friends and colleagues about this. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes at theeffectivedatascientist.com. Did you like this episode? Tell your peers about it. Thanks to Rain, who helps with the show in the background. Act on what you have learned and be an effective data scientist. Thank you.